um, more often than not, when we think about racism and white body supremacy, we think about it from an intellectual place, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, 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 you know, dates and times and stuff like that. But my whole um, work is really around how trauma lives in the body. Mm-hmm. Trauma in a person over time can look like personality. Mm. Trauma in a family over time can look like family traits. But trauma in a people can look like culture. To heal, to heal a people. The progress is healing the wound that the blow, that the blow made. Coming, coming to you loud and clear. Like the brain doesn't want attention. To heal a people. Like the brain doesn't want attention. To heal, to heal a people. This country is desperately sick. And man is on the critical list. To heal, to heal a people. Conversations and interviews with experts from around the world about our four rings of healing. Four rings of healing. Four rings of healing. To heal a people. Yes, yes, yes. It's fantastic to have you back to the Heal a People podcast. My name is H. Soul. I'm your host. I'm really excited about this particular episode, season one, episode two. Today, we uh, you heard from the top of the, the show, the voice of Brother Resma Minikim, the author of My Grandmother's Hands. He's become one of my favorite authors as of late. The book, My Grandmother's Hands, is I couldn't recommend it more highly. Just so that we're clear. I couldn't recommend that that one more highly. So make sure you, when you get an opportunity, that you go ahead and, and buy that book. Either on Amazon. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm an audible junkie. For those of you who know me, you know, I'm I'm a total audible junkie. So if, uh, if you like listening to it in your car on your way to work or at home while you're, you're chilling or, or doing the dishes, chores... Even if you're out for your walk or your run, your exercise, listen, uh, Audible, is, it goes with you wherever you go. Either way, make sure you pick up the book. Uh, we're going to take a listen to uh, Brother Minikin, and this interview has a fantastic five points that he's made. 
uh, and I've separated those points so you'll you, you'll hear them in, in when you're listening but there's five distinct points that he's making we'll come back in and, and, and review those in the breakdown and at the end uh, of the show when we when we give the remedy uh, but so in the meantime in the between time without any further ado let's get in uh, and listen to brother Resma Menachem break down his book my grandmother's hands you're tuned in to the heal the people podcast i'm your host h soul let's get this work to heal to heal a people resma minikim one of the things that people miss is that um when you when you're great like that you don't get there just because you have talent you get there because you're willing to do things that other people are not willing to do. Mm-hmm. So you're willing to go and get what's what I call invited reps. When 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 uh, when Kobe first got into the league, he was getting bullied, right? And what he said was, "Okay, I need to invite other reps in, meaning I need to control the the amount, the the pressure, the 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 feel of this, right, by practicing." practicing practicing the same thing applies when we're talking about trauma is that sometimes you can't you can't wait for what i call a life rep life rep is something happens and you have to respond right Mm -hmm. that's too overwhelming Mm. you have to condition and temper your body to be able to withstand the trauma and the stuff that has happened so you can metabolize it over time and not just be overwhelmed when it shows up see this is why when i'm doing my work with people i don't i don't I don't say that you're, I don't go at people and think that they're defective. I don't think it's defective. Mm -hmm. When we, when we accept dirty pain, and that's why I don't say versus, I say and, right? When we accept uh, dirty, there's usually a very good reason. Mm -hmm. The same fuel, the same fuel that, 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 that impacts our trauma is the same fuel that will make a Jordan or LeBron or DJ, uh, or, or uh, uh, Charlemagne the God or DJ Envy or Angela Yee. That's It's the same fuel, mm-hmm. right? But it gets metabolized. And we're able to use that for fuel for our freedom as opposed to the fuel that incinerates us and stops us and has us constricted. The resource and joy is the primary energy. Trauma is not primary. Trauma thwarts that energy and our work is to begin to create room so that energy that is tied to creation can actually emerge. That's that's what trauma work really is. That's why the body work that I do is around working with the body and helping people work with the body in slow pieces. Before we can make those choices about doing better and being better, right? You have to, you you get tempered and conditioned along the way to begin to say, okay, now I can make that choice. There are choices right now, Angela, that you can make now that you couldn't have made when you were 21. The conditioning <laughs> and the tempering that took place in order for you to be there was a necessary component, right? Mm-hmm. The way you talk to your daughter now, right? Some of the things had to happen for you to be able to compare the clean and the dirty, for you to be able to go, here, let me talk to you about this particular piece. And people pick up on that. And so and so it is absolutely in our hands. One of the things I appreciate about you and appreciate about the show is how much y'all focus on black mental health. I love that. 
because it's changing. People are starting to begin to think about now. Access is another thing, mm-hmm. right? But but it's beginning to change. People are willing to have a discussion around about trauma and 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 what can we do about it, and not just seeing it as a personal defect. It is not a personal defect. Black people are not defective. Something happened and continues to happen to us. And we have the thing that happened to us did not happen individually. Mm-hmm. It happened communally. So we have to develop communal ways of dealing with this communal horror and stop just thinking that the only way to deal with the, with the trauma is to go into an office. Right. That's the only way we have to start thinking about how do we create communal ways of healing that and not just individual ways. Book. I did two years in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. right? And in those two years in Afghanistan, I my job was to, I worked on 53 military bases in southern Afghanistan, right? And so my job was to go to the bases after it got hit uh, by the Taliban. And my job was to go there if somebody hung themselves, process the base. If uh, uh, um, uh, a rocket came in and hit, I had to go process the base. And my job was to determine whether or not people could stay whether uh, whether the military contractors that were there could stay. I was one therapist with 17,000 people. Damn. Right? So anytime it got hit, I had to go, right? So through the course of that, hearing people's trauma, seeing things I shouldn't have seen, smelling things that I shouldn't have smelled, in order to get through that, I had to override my own pieces in order to be of service to people. So I did that for two years, and then I came home. And then when I got home is when the stuff started popping up, yeah. right? And so, and so when that stuff started popping up, luckily I had friends, other trauma therapists and people who loved me. Luckily I had a wife that was like, I'm, you're going to have to do something, yeah. right? And so, and, so, and so the reason why I say that is that had I saw this as a personal defect, right, what I was going through, um, I probably wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it through the suicide stuff. I wouldn't have made it. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to write this book because the, because that stuff actually helped me helped me begin to ask questions around. Okay, if I'm having this experience, what was my grandma, my grandmother? What was the experience she was having picking cotton in her mm. when her hands were bleeding? Mm. Right? How did that impact our? You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's how. So 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 the Afghanistan stuff, all of that stuff. There is a purpose for these pieces. I'm not saying we should be brutalized. I'm saying we can turn that into fuel. But you ain't gonna do it if you ain't practicing. You ain't gonna do it if you ain't getting your reps in. You ain't gonna do it if you just think all you have to do is be tough and override. That's not trauma. Will break you down <laughs> and force you to contend with it, or force you to become an idiot. Well, one of the things is, as black folks that we don't realize is that we don't realize that our go-to is to override every damn thing. We override, we, you know, somebody getting up, we're gonna, we're gonna just do it, put our heads down and get it done. Like, mm-hmm. like, 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 I believe that that is a part of the, the, the kind of plantation ethos and the plantation psychology is that we've been taught that don't pay attention to what's happening in you, mm-hmm. right? Pay attention to the, to the external force because that external force may murder you or rape you, right? And so what ends up happening is that um, we don't realize that all, some of the things that we uh, that we hold to be valuable, right, are out of balance. So grind, 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 not touch, hold, kiss on the forehead, 
caress, let them let people lay on you, you know, rub other people's back, hum, moan, rock, wiggle, right? Not that. It's grind, 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 grind. And I believe that um, that when our children pick up on that and in comparison see themselves as failures mm. because they don't do it the way that we do it or the way that our grandparents did. And so one of the things that um, that I think we don't realize is that we, we, we could be creating more resource for our children with touch, with, with um, humming, with, with uh, laughter, with helping them to realize what joy looks like, helping them to hear those pieces, right? That, that those, those types of pieces, I, I believe we have to cultivate more. Like, like in the book, I talk about, you know, I used to get whooped with a willow switch. My cousin used to get whooped with the extension cord. Mm -hmm. yeah, I got I got whooped one time with uh, one of those willow tree switches. Um, and you know when 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 they hit you, they, they rap, rap, right? And um, and and uh, 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 you remember that stuff. And and I think our our, our grandparents, our grandparents thought that you know you spare the rod spoil the child that, that that all of that ethos some of that stuff comes right out of our experience with whipping that's right the oppressive slavery right right and so and so those are the things that i think we got to slow down some right and examine and pull apart so 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 actually the healing can emerge if we keep saying well well you know you you, you got to make them tough and you got to do this I think, yes, you got to let your kids know what this landscape is. But there's a level of brutality, I think, sometimes that we've gotten from uh, from this structure that we emulate, right? That if we don't slow it down and we don't create culture around slowing it down, we won't examine it. We won't unhook it. We won't do, we won't take the resource out of it. We'll just keep brutalizing our kids with seeds. Notice, notice in the book, I, t I say remember. Parts of us have, have gotten dismembered, right? Right. And so when you're going through trauma work and when you're trying to, 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 to trauma, let me put it to you like trauma is like this. Trauma is like, trauma is like taking a rock and walking up to a windshield and throwing it in the windshield. And, and then that there's the initial impact of that rock but then there's this spidering that takes place. That's trauma, right? And what we're trying to do is bring parts of ourselves back to ourselves, right? That we either let go purposely or our people's 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 let go purposely because to, to, to hold on to it would leave us more vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? And so part of remembering ourselves is to begin to do some of the practices that I talk about in the book. My grandmother humming is the most, it, like humming for me, is the is the way that I actually work with all of the historical energy, right? Just the humming, giving it some space. Not humming for 20 minutes. Sometimes I may only do it for two seconds, right? Just to let my body remember resource, right? So part of the remembering is taking those pieces that were split off from us, those pieces that we gave away, those pieces that we now say, oh, that's not, that's not a big deal, right? Like when you walk into a room, and you pick up on something and then you override it. Stop doing that. That's remembering, right? 
actually say, oh no, that's part of my intelligence. That's part of, that's part of my connection to creation. I need to hone that, right? That's remember. Now it's time to break that shit down. Breaking it down with Mama Ja. Mama Ja. Okay, yes, yes, yes. We are here. We are back. This is our second episode of To Heal a People. And as um, I promised last time for the foundational four, I am joined here by our phenomenal guest, uh, Mama Ja, as she's known affectionately in the community. And today we're going to be talking about uh, and breaking down the uh, points that Risma uh, Minikim is making inside of the, the conversation that you just listened to. And so, you know, there's five takeaways that, that, that we gleaned from his conversation that he's having with us that, you know, we just want to break down and, and, and take a little deeper look inside of. And that first one uh, is this point that he talks about getting your reps in, practicing the challenges. And, you know, when he talks about that, he's talking about what are the practices, right? Is it, ex- you know, whether it be exercise, meditation, relationship pauses, um, you have to condition and train your body and mind and soul that you can withstand and metabolize so that you're not overwhelmed when those things come in, what he calls life repetition. I just want to ask you, Mama Ja, what is your, what are your thoughts around this? And, you know, I know uh, from the, the, the tradition that you come from, there's a very rich tradition around this practicing uh, piece of it, practicing your challenges before they can, before they come up. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, um, thank you. Uh, first, if, if I can just talk about what the fuel that he talks about, he says that the same fuel that impacts our trauma is the same fuel that can be used for our freedom. So if we look at the fuel then, what is that? You know, so uh, the fuel was, you know, we took, you know, the abuse in, you know, but we moved into the deepest part of our spirit so we could envision a different kind of life. And sometimes, unfortunately, we were visualizing the afterlife because we felt anything would be better than what we were experiencing. So that took a great deal of our energy, especially given how physically, emotionally, and spiritually depleted we were. One of the most powerful visualizations that we can have, even today, is to visualize whatever it is that we want to overcome. To visualize whatever goal we have accepted into our spirit as being what we want and what we need. And the great athletes knew that. They knew that if they could visualize making that basket, you know, running that ball, and they did it repeatedly, then that's exactly what was manifested on the field or on the courts. It's the same thing that he's talking about, that fuel and that visualization where we can see ourselves healed, where we can see ourselves happy. And the visualization isn't just looking at the trauma, it's looking at how we're going to get through it. 
We're going to get through it with peace and joy. We're going to get through it with a smile on our face. So visualization is so, so, so powerful. And um, I, I think that's what he was addressing. You know, as a people, we've always had access to that primal energy. So we also lost our ability to transfer the trauma energy into healing energy. But again, that comes as no surprise given the torture uh, that we have been exposed to for over 400 years. So our, uh, our course needs to look like practicing, practicing being at peace and you do that through a number of modalities, some of which he mentioned, meditation, yoga, uh, and, and many other practices that will help us get on the other side of our trauma. As African people, we knew how to return to the source. Mm. So it wasn't so much as, you know, uh, Bible thumping. Uh, we had a rich culture. We knew uh, how to return to that place of peace. Uh, so, and that we would be received you know, uh, by our ancestors, because we're ancestral acknowledging, you know, people. So I think that's where we found so much of our elixir, that healing balm. Because yeah, it's sure wasn't on the plantation. <laughs> that just gave me goosebumps. In terms of choices, you know, and the perspective that he brought forward in terms of uh, the struggles, you know, resistance builds spiritual muscle. Uh, because resistance builds our physical body, if we want to correlate it that way. You just can't walk into a gym and look at everybody uh, lifting weights and uh, build muscle. You have to get in there and you have to deal with resistance. Uh, it's like, uh, and I have mentioned this to some of my counselees, it's like a bird couldn't fly without the resistance of the wind beneath its wings. So in that respect, resistance often brings illumination. It can bring uh, awareness. It can bring a passion to get on the other side, you know, of, you know, of the healing. So the, in order to feel safe in gathering together, uh, we definitely have to surrender to the process and we have to have a commitment uh, to wanting to get, you know, over the trauma that we have experienced. You know, we have a history of not trusting each other. Let's just put that out there right now. Yeah. But we were trained by the slave owners, you know, not to do so. Uh, we don't want to forget Willie Lynch, okay? And Willie's still alive. You know, he's thriving, you know, but we can't allow this energy to stop us from doing what we have to do. So we may have to incorporate some trust exercises in our healing work before we even get busy because we have to overcome that Willie Lynch mentality. Uh, those exercises are going to be important because we can say we trust each other, but then we uh, cut off the flow of healing when inside ourselves, that really is not our truth. You know, we are not defective. Uh, we have been taught that we are uh, on many, many levels. Um, what has happened is we've been traumatized repeatedly. Uh, if I can give you an example, and in different ways, I'll give you a personal example. Uh, when I was in the uh, first grade, I uh, was the only black in this little Catholic school, and my 
uh, my, of course, my best friend was a little white girl. So uh, one day I decided to trot up to her house and I knocked on the screen door and said, Patty, Patty. And her mother came to the door and said, what is this nigger doing at my door? And then she turned on Patty. I told you, you could never bring a nigger here. I had never heard the word before. Mm-hmm. I mean, you I felt had the energy in it. You knew it wasn't, you, you, you didn't know what it meant, but you knew it had some energy. Oh, it wasn't good, right? I knew it was vile. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so in terms of tr- being traumatized, um, I went home to tell, you know, my aunt what had happened. And, sh- and her response is, what did you do to have them call you that? So that's an example of being traumatized twice. Or yeah. don't you go out there and embarrass me in front of these white folks. What did you do? So it carried the message that white folks mattered more than I did. Mm. So we blame and we often threaten each other in order to mask our pain yeah. uh, while while we're perpetuating this this trauma. So uh, that that is something that comes to mind when I think about that. You know, more and more we're having this conversation and and more and more we're gathering community to heal ourselves, which in turn, you know, will actually uh, heal our de- our descendants, you know. Yeah. So we're just not healing for ourselves. We're healing for our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, and so forth. So we have to be careful of trying to power through pain. That's right. And we have to process pain. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have to acknowledge it. We have to talk about it, cry about it, be open, you know, to the outpouring of the love and the hugs and support that we'll need uh, in the sacred space. So we've got to get out of the mindset that we are supermen and superwomen. We've been trained that uh, by the slave owner uh, that worked us like a dog, that we were super work animals, you know. So we have carried that into uh, our present day uh, and we've got to get rid of those kind of obstacles as well in this entire healing uh, journey because it, it's a Sankofa piece yeah. you know, uh, but you don't want to get stuck there uh, you don't want the past to to show up as the present That's right. in terms of, in terms of your behavior in That's terms right. of your feelings in yes. terms of your relationships and so forth you don't want the past to show up as your present I love that I love that he uh, presented it that way because um, both humming and laughter uh, release uh, uh, the body's opioid called dopamine. Both of which Uh, you do all the time, by the way. (laughs) You are a hummer if you are not nothing else. You are constantly Uh, humming a song (laughs) and laughing. So... uh, it actually increases the your, your you know the relaxation, a reflex, and, and a sense of well-being. We know that from humming to a baby, uh, because the uh, and let's go back even further. Uh, it goes back to chanting uh, "Om," which activates your connection to your higher self, uh, to that primordial energy that connects you to the I am. Now, I know that may sound, you know, like something that we cannot tap into, but that is what it resonates and it's energy and it goes out. And then when it goes out, what does it have to do? It has to return. So that's how you get that, you know, that wonderful sense of of peace and relaxation. Um, So again, laughter uh, does the same thing. 
you know, you are laughing and uh, you know I'm uh, a proponent of laughing yoga because it does that. I mean, it just has your body releasing all of these wonderful hormones that just give you a powerful sense of well-being. So we do need to uh, laugh and hug and hum and know the physiology uh, behind those. It's just not humming and laughter, ha ha, mm, mm. It's, you know, it actually has some physiological benefits that is, you know, scientifically based. You know, I love the quote by Satguru uh, that the only way out is in. So, you know, we must do the work. Ooh, you know, it's, you know, it's not going the to happen. only way out is in. You know, you're familiar with that. Oh, that's a powerful <laughs> one, boy. You brought it right at the right time. It's just like, yes, I know how to karate kick, but it's not knowing how to kick is when to throw it. That was that was a brilliant point. Very well um, contextualized. The only way out is in. Is in. We must do the work, Asira. You know, it's not going to happen by osmosis. So anything unresolved within will and does manifest itself in our physical and our emotional and our spiritual life until it is acknowledged and healed. I love that. Um, yes, remembering actually goes back to our ancient comedic roots. There was um, this king uh, called Osir, uh, symbolizing the highest part of our being who had been murdered and dismembered by his evil brother, Set, uh, which symbolizes the, the, the lower part of our being, our likes and our dislikes and our greed and our sensual nature. But Osir's wife, <laughs> uh, now we're getting back to remembering, symbolizing that part of our being that deals with healing, she goes looking for Osir to remember him which means to putting back together. So what does putting back together mean? So we can see the whole, you know, so we can commit to functioning at the highest part of our being again. Uh, so we can function out of the great I am. Uh, we then, you know, can, uh, con uh, we can connect to creation, to our original source. So, you know, let's keep this divine work up because remembering is going to be a part of the whole and being able to look at ourselves in terms of our past, our present, and stay in the present because sometimes the future, you know, brings back some of the same trauma that the past does. Because right. you're worrying about, you know, what about this and what about that? Stay in this ever-present why you are healing so to remember is bringing it back into focus not remembering all the trauma you know we're going to do that in this work we're going to remember it and we're going to leave it behind because we got to live in the present Ooh, because the that. past only continues to re-injure us if wow. unhealed <laughs> that's brilliant that's brilliant uh, Mama Ja, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, we look forward to our, our next conversation with you and we thank you for all of the wisdom that you've given us in, 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 in breaking down this uh, conversation for us. Thank you. To heal, to heal a people. Yes, yes, and then some more yes. It's been an amazing show. I'm really appreciative of 
the guests that we had on, Resman Minikim, and of course, to always help us break things down, make it plain, as Malcolm would say, the indomitable Mama Ja. I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in, hanging out with us for a little while. My name is H. Soul Ashe Moo, and on behalf of everyone at the To Heal the People team, I want to thank you. Until we meet again in the next podcast, stay calm and strong. H. Soul, out.